Good to have you starting the third hour, believe it or not. Third hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Boy, we've flown by today. Flown by today. Packers back in the practice field getting ready for Sunday night football. They're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. They come to town. And can they? Can they look good the way they did when they were over in Detroit and uh, beating up on the Lions, which uh, I think for all of us was somewhat of a uh, of a pleasant surprise, and it made the turkey go down a little bit easier on Thanksgiving Day. Joining us now on the line, on the hotline from SB Nation, at Mark Schofield. You can find him, Mark Schofield, now joining us. Mark, how you doing? I am doing well, Bill. Great to be back with you. Always have fun chopping it up with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I, look, first of all, how surprised were you at what you witnessed on Thanksgiving when the Green Bay Packers got that kind of a win over Detroit? It was very surprising. I mean, going into this game, I sort of – pegged this game from Detroit's perspective as the, okay, this is the take care of business day kind of game, right? You, you've right. got a home game on Thanksgiving against the team that's coming in. Yes, you're, you know, rivalry games, division games are always a little quirky, but this is a game where if you want to show to the world that you truly are back, that you are one of the better teams in the NFC, you're going to go out here and take care of business on Thanksgiving day. And they did anything but. This was a disappointing game from their perspective. And I think an impressive game from Green Bay's perspective. I mean, I know we've talked in the past couple of weeks. We looked at that three-game stretch culminated in the Thanksgiving Day game as the sort of make-it-or-break-it stretch of games for Jordan Love. And I think we've got some critical answers over the past couple of weeks with respect to his future with this organization and his role with the Green Bay Packers. But this was a very surprising result watching that game with family all of us were sort of sitting around the TV, scratching our heads, like, how can this be happening? Troy's going to pick up the pieces going forward. And now from Green Bay, you've put yourselves now back into the playoff mix, which a couple of weeks ago we didn't think was possible. Exactly. And I, I kept thinking to myself, if you look at the standings and the way they are specifically in the NFC, the Packers are like the first team on the outside looking in. They're right behind Minnesota right now. And Minnesota now has a bye upcoming this week, one of six teams on bye. But – if the Packers can – I said to get to nine wins. Nine wins, I think, will put you in the postseason in the NFC because of how spread out the NFC once you get past Philadelphia is. Would you think so? I think so. I mean, I think nine does get you in given the fact that you're going to have a lot of these teams that are sort of in that cluster on the outside looking in right now, and including Minnesota, who, as you said, is in the seventh spot right now. A lot of the teams are going to be playing each other. You know, so I think nine wins is going to get you in. And when you look at Green Bay's schedule coming up, you can see them potentially get into that nine win mark. I mean, and then you've got some of these teams that, you know, Minnesota, for example, we all thought, look, hey, Minnesota, they get this Josh Dobbs run that they're putting together. Now there's questions about whether they're going to replace him, whether Jaron Hall is going to start, Kevin O'Connell went. I thought it was fascinating watching that game Monday night where, you know, they took that deep shot on their first offensive snap, and Kevin O'Connell was asked about that after the first quarter, and he said, look, that tells you the kind of confidence we have in Josh Dobbs. Man, there's been a 180 from that, you know, because now we're talking about potentially replacing them. So Minnesota's got some questions. Some of these other teams got some questions. And certainly, yes, Green Bay has a tough one this week with Kansas City, but you've got games against the Packers, the Panthers, a game against the Vikings, a game to close up the season with the Bears. I mean, those are four winnable games right there. And so that gets you to where you, what we're talking about. So I think they're in a very good spot. I think nine could get you in. 
I and I do. I, I think nine gets you there, or at least you are in the mix on the last weekend of the season, without a doubt. Maybe by via tiebreakers you end up getting knocked out. But I right now, and especially when it comes to the conference, the Packers are four and three with a winning record, but they've won two straight games. They look decent against Pittsburgh. How big of a game is this? And I, I don't think they need to win it. But I think you need to pick up where you left off when it comes to playing against Detroit. You can't go back to looking how you looked prior to that, like when you went and played ugly in Denver or you've had some of these lackluster games that uh, have just been unimpressive. I think you've got to play competitive football, really good eye-opening football again on Sunday night. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree with that. And like you said, I don't think it's a game that you necessarily have to win, but I'm sort of reminded of, again, being a, a – somebody that grew up in the Boston area and you know, still admittedly a Patriots fan. I'm reminded of the year they won their first Super Bowl. They had a primetime game against the Rams and they lost, but they lost by a touchdown. They kept it close. And, you know, after that season where they had this sort of stunning run to a Super Bowl where they ended up beating the Rams on the game's final play, a lot of the Patriots players said, yeah, it was that loss to the Rams where we kept it close, kept it a one score game that made us believe that we can be something better we could be a very good football team. And I think there's a parallel here because, like you said, I don't think that Green Bay needs to win this game, but I think that they've got to play competitive football. They've got to make this sort of a one-score type of game, or maybe it's a, a, a 10-point game, but they're in it throughout the entire night, and they've got perhaps a chance to steal it at the end somehow. If they have that kind of out and that sort of competitive game where they keep it close and they sort of prove to themselves that, hey, this is one of the league's best teams. This is arguably the league's best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. We were in it till the end. That can be the springboard to then going into the winnable games they have down the stretch. You know, beating teams like Tampa Bay, which is a game you can win. Beating some of these teams like the Panthers, which is a game that you should win. So a competitive game Sunday night where they keep it close and show that they can play with teams like Kansas City, that's going to be huge for them down the stretch. So we got into the discussion earlier today about coaches that are on the hot seat right now. And I, I think there's a, probably a list about maybe seven or eight that you could look at. You could certainly say McDermott and Buffalo on the hot seat. I don't know. I, I find one of the more fascinating conversations at the end of the season that's going to take place is probably in New England. Don't you think so? I do think so. I, I do think so. And you're hearing sort of a lot of rumblings about, you know, Washington and, and Dallas and some potential other spots where he could potentially end up maybe Carolina, who knows? I mean, obviously they've made the first move here with Frank Reich here. And now you're wondering who's going to end up in Carolina. But I do think the end of the Belichick run is going to be a, you know, a massive storyline, you know, December into January, because it does seem like that's come to an end. Now, maybe there's a way they sort of patch it up. I mean, it does look right now like New England is going to have an early pick in the first round and maybe there's some you know an idea that look if you want to be part of the rebuild you want to be part of the process like let's go get a quarterback you know let's go try to figure this out going forward but maybe it doesn't go that way and maybe bill belichick you know from the parcel school of thought that you know if you want me to make dinner let me get the groceries for you he's going to say no 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 i don't don't want you forcing my hand i want to go elsewhere and so where he ends up, how that ends in New England, I think that's the top sort of coaching storyline. The McDermott one is fascinating to me because a lot of Bills fans do seem at this point extremely frustrated. They were frustrated after, you know, the decision to sort of run up a clock at the end of regulation and play for overtime against Philadelphia. There's been simmering frustration amongst Bills fans, but I, I think that would be maybe a, a panic-type move. 
Brandon Staley in Los Angeles is certainly another one to watch. But yeah, coaches on the hot seat. Belichick is the one that sort of tops the list there in terms of, you know, how is this going to unfold? It's going to be something to watch. So other coaches that we could look at that we could say maybe might be on their way out. Uh, you know, I, I can look at a couple. I can say, obviously, down in Tennessee, there was more expectation for what Vrabel's doing at a 4-7 and seven clip. Uh, he could be a guy that could be on the way out. I think Staley in uh, L.A. for the Chargers could be on his way out. You talked about Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders. Uh, Eberflus, I think, is a guy that's probably on his way out. They've already made a move in Carolina. Uh, is there any anybody else that's off the top of your head you're thinking of that I'm missing? I don't. Th- I think that's pretty much the list. I mean, yeah, I know you mentioned Vrabel as well. I'm very curious. I mean, if we want to cheat a little bit, Ryan Day at Ohio State folds him into the conversation because the Mike Vrabel discussion. Yeah, I've already had a lot of Ohio State fans say, look, Ryan Day can't beat Michigan. Like, enough is enough here. Right. If Ohio State does something with Ryan Day, you could see Mike Vrabel coming home to Ohio State. I think that would be one to watch. But as far as other NFL coaches, the only one that they're playing really well right now, their quarterback is playing extremely well right now, and that's Mike McCarthy down in Dallas. But right. we all know Jerry and we were Jones. talking about that too, yeah. Yeah, we all know Jerry Jones. He wants to make a deep playoff run. He wants to win a Super Bowl. If they have another sort of playoff flop again where, you know, maybe they, as it stands right now, they're traveling on the road wild card weekend to play whoever wins the NFC South. They somehow lose that game or they win that game and then get blown out by the 49ers again or something like that. Does he make a move there? I mean, that's the only one. I, I And I don't think it's fair to put Mike McCarthy on the hot seat right now or anything close to that given how well that team is playing. But I do think we should at least keep in the back of our minds that, you know, that patience down in Dallas, how much is that worn thin if they have another playoff exit early? Well, I think it's legitimate to say that if he doesn't, say, get to an NFC championship game, gets dump trucked again by San Francisco, gets drilled by Philadelphia or something in that aspect, that they would probably make a move, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just because, you know, we know that that team has aspirations beyond just getting to the playoffs, you know, and if you have another performance like we've seen, like we saw last year, obviously with the way that they lost or, you know, if they get blown out like they did in the regular season earlier this year against San Francisco, that, yeah, a move will be made. Now, where would they go? Again, Jerry Jones backing up the bridge truck to Bill Belichick certainly comes to mind. But right. if they do have another sort of embarrassing playoff exit, yeah, Mike McCarthy is probably going to pay the price. Well, that was going to be my next question. Say, uh, Bill, Be- do, you, do you foresee Bill Belichick swallowing the pride to say, I will give up the general manager duties? I don't. I, I really don't. Just because. You know, again, I always bring up the sort of the fact that he was from that Parcells school, came up under Parcells, and that was the sticking point between Parcells and Kraft years ago when Parcells dropped that quote about shopping for groceries and then mm-hmm. making dinner. And so I'm, I, I'm hard-pressed to see a scenario where Robert Kraft walks into Bill Belichick's office at the end of the season and says, look, we still want you to be our head football coach, but you've got to give up GM duties. I don't know if he would do that. Now, maybe he would. Maybe he would say, look, you know, at the point of my career where I just want to get wins and, you know, doing too much is not something that I really want to be, you know, part of right now where I'm wearing both hats. 
let me just coach the football team. But given his background, given what's got him to this point, I'm just not convinced that he'd be willing to give that up. Yeah, I don't I, – especially if you got a guy like Bill Belichick going on 71, 72 years old, and all of a sudden somebody in their 30s, late 30s or 40s comes in and tells them what to do. I just don't yeah, see that Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially, you know, you've got sort of the, the analytics viewpoint of things, like where you're going to be looking at metrics and numbers and all that stuff. I'm just – I'm not convinced that Bill Belichick at this point in his career is going to say, look, I've done it this way my entire career. It's led to multiple Super Bowls. I named the boat after how many wins I've got. I don't need somebody telling me what to do. So uh, the other ask is then what GM or, or owner out there would hire Bill Belichick knowing that he wants to be the GM and only the GM, uh, you know, he the, the, no GM's going to want to interview him for, to take over his job. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's going to get really sticky is are you going to, as a GM, give up some of what you do? Now, maybe there's a general manager out there that decides, hey, you know, I, I could use the input here, and he'll have sort of a co-GM. And, and that's why this sort of Dallas scenario makes some sense to me because, you know, again, Jerry Jones has massive say in what happens there. But maybe he'd be willing to say, you know what, we'll do this together. We'll work together. You'll be sort of the GM slash head coach. We won't give you the GM title, but you have a ton of input on decision-making and Jerry can sort of still have his say as well. That scenario makes a little bit of sense to me, but, you know, teams that have an established general manager, bringing him in, that seems like a too many cooks in the kitchen world. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to move on to quarterbacks real quick because I know we only got a few minutes left, but uh, the Jets have cleared Aaron Rodgers for functional football activity. Do we even see him this season? I don't think we do. No, no. I mean, they have to do this technically under the rules just so he can practice. But I still think that, look, with the way their season is going, he's not going to see the field again. I, I, I can picture a scenario where he's on the Pat McAfee show one week and says, look, I would have come back, but, you know, it's just going to be too much for them to get back in the playoffs. And there's no need to rush it. And, you know, if they were a game or two out, yeah, I would have heroically strapped on the pads and taken the field again and maybe put my next season at risk as well. But, given the fact that they're so far out of contention, I'm, I, I wasn't going to come back and risk anything. I'm, I'm itching to go for next season. They had to do this so that he could at least see the field and take a step on the field and things like that, but he's not going to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to play. Now the other question is you've got a, a really, really good quarterback in Cincinnati. Uh, Their backup, not very good. They're losing games. They're negative 30 in point differential. Can you see a scenario where Cincinnati takes a little bit of the GM foot off the gas just to get higher draft choices to continually load up that team for when Joe Burrow does come back? And would you potentially draft another quarterback because Joe Burrow throughout his entire career is banged up? I wouldn't draft a quarterback early, per se, if I'm in Cincinnati. But I think that this is a very intriguing quarterback class. And I know a lot of the focal point of discussion has been Caleb Williams and Drake May. Now you get maybe Jaden Daniels into that mix as a potential QB three, but there's going to be an option say on day two for a quarterback that you would draft and maybe sort of have waiting, you know, draft and develop because as we've seen in Cincinnati this year, like, you know, I'm firmly of the mindset that QB two is an important role on a team because a team like Cincinnati with actual, you know, no true option behind Joe Burrow. You can see how it can sink their season. If they had better option behind them, maybe they steal a couple wins and sneak themselves into the playoffs. 
And so I think the role for the move for Cincinnati is, you know, take advantage of the opportunity because with a quarterback like Joe Burrow and the success you've had recently, you don't usually anticipate being in the top, say, 10 or so of the draft. Take the best player available. But then later on the draft day, too, there's going to be a quarterback or two available that you could look at as this is somebody that could have snuck into the first round, but for whatever reason, with the way the board fell or whatever, they didn't come off the board in the first round. But you can draft that player, develop a second option behind Joe Burrow. And if he gets hurt again, you've got a better backup that can step in. And maybe you've got that next quarterback if at some point you feel the need to make a move. Question before I let you go, and this is the last one, is do we owe Russell Wilson an apology? They have now won five straight games. They got dump trucked by 70, and they were the scourge of the world. And all of a sudden now they're looking like a team that could possibly make the postseason. I don't know if we, know, we, if we owe him the apology yet, but I'd say that little apology note that you want to write, like take it out from the top desk drawer, maybe just have it <laughs> on the desk ready to go and sign because – Look, uh, he's been playing better. I don't want to say that he's fully back. I think a lot of their recent successes, like you said, that defense was giving up 70 points to the Dolphins. They were getting blown out. They were giving up huge plays. That defense has gotten better. But you look at their schedule, they too have a path into the playoffs. And if they get into the playoffs and maybe steal a game, then, yeah, that apology form you pulled out, then it'll be time to, like, sign that and mail that in. <laughs> Good stuff. Mark, appreciate it as always. We'll talk again next week, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Always a blast. Enjoy the games this week. Appreciate it. You too. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D over on SB Nation. And always does such a great job running down the rest of the NFL with us and love having him on. Uh, if you want to chime in, feel free. We got to some lines that are available. It was a massive success at Rally Point this past weekend. And they got more music coming up. Rally Point right behind Steel Tank Brewing on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc. The big music venue is now open. Now we got to change the placard over on the live stream. It is now open. So you got to go check out Steel Tank Brewing, check out Rally Point, and see all the bands that are upcoming. But Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. They are open today through Sunday for lunch, and they showed the Italian Bomber sub the other day. I think it was yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, that thing is outstanding. But give them a shot. Steel Tank Brewing in an Oconomowoc. And don't forget, you can come from all over now because the music venue is now open. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Pottawatomie Casino Hotel has something you got to see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Pottawatomie, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating 
or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 Welcome, one and all. Whether you're uh, looking for something for the holidays or maybe, just maybe, you're looking for something going into next year, like a place for a rehearsal dinner, small wedding reception, photo shoot, business event, whatever it happens to be, Northern Lights event venue. Beautiful, beautiful place on the Milwaukee Riverfront uh, Riverwalk. And uh, it's it's awesome. I, we, we did a show, down, a couple of shows down there, as a matter of fact, whether it's a dinner, a wedding, a photo shoot, a business event, uh, you name it. They've got a really, really cool space, uh, a two-level space down there, big space down below that holds any comfortably probably 75 to 100 people. Uh, not much more than that. Uh, but upstairs, they have a lounge as well, uh, fully stocked bar downstairs. They can cater in food, so many different things. But northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com if you're in the Milwaukee area. Highly, highly recommend it. Or if you're a business outside of Milwaukee coming into the area and you're looking for a place to hold a meeting, that's the place. That's it's it's a terrific, terrific place. Bill, not to not to cut you off, by the way, on Northern yeah. Lights, but Rachel lives down there. She lives just a couple blocks away from there. So yes. on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, you know, if we're watching a movie or whatever, it's like, well, let's go for a walk before it gets dark at three PM. Right. So we'll walk along the river and last Sunday we went to Red Lion, which is down Water Street, yeah. Uh, yeah. just past Northern Lights. And we were walking down the river walk, and I, I've probably walked by Northern Lights a, a dozen or two times. And right. last Sunday, I was like, oh, wait, that's, and I'm looking that's at it. it. That's that's where it is. Oh, it's right. So yeah. I've I've walked by it a dozen times. I never knew it. Did you look in a window? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. It's a great setting. And when they, you know, and now granted, you probably walked by a day after a party or something, or it was closed at the time. But so tables and stuff are all, you know, stacked or chairs are stacked and stuff's in a little bit. But when they when it's ready to go for an event, oh, my God, it's really cool. Well, and when and it's, the, it's up, upstairs, they have an upstairs lounge as well. That's really cool. And it looks like when it's warm, they can open up those big windows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Floor to ceiling windows. It's like they it's like they're not even there. They completely pull out of the way and slide out of the way. So it just becomes an open air venue uh, right there on the riverfront. But yeah, really, really cool place. And d- have you ever been to the Screaming Tuna, which is next door? The Screaming. Oh, wait a minute. The Screaming Tuna? No. Yeah, that's a great restaurant. If you like if you like seafood and such, oh yeah, the Screaming Screaming Tuna right next door. Really really good place. Mm. I haven't I've only eaten there twice. But I haven't been there in probably a, a year, but really good place right next to it. Yeah. Oh, and it's really sushi. cool cuz you can eat at the bar, so you go down there and and grab a little bit of that at the bar and some beverages and it's kind of a cool walk night out so to speak. Well, we're yeah. we're very hip when we go out on the town. Yeah. You know, you know us. Yeah. So I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to add it to my yeah. list. Exactly. Yeah. Do that. Heck yeah. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So Mark Schofield talking about a lot of stuff, and he also said, "Hey, look, with the schedule the Packers have, very much they could get into the postseason." Are you now getting to be more and more and more of a believer? Are you uh, are you getting more of a believer? And you know what's interesting is 
Normally, I bring up the subject of Joe, but this is a this is where we're at today, and I, I wanted to wait. I wanted to give it time to kind of marinate. So today, going back into the last hour, we talked about you know has the defense now done enough to where you want to see Joe Barry, or has the pressure come off of Joe Barry? Has he done enough to keep his job? Blah blah blah. And we, we you know like you said, we say the same old thing every year. It's you know poor tackling, schematics every now and then, you know big giving up big drives and big moments. Blah blah blah. Okay. But and I thought when I said has Joe Barry done enough that there would have been this this tidal wave of screams saying no he hasn't done enough hasn't done enough R- really only a couple nobody called in nobody went on a tirade about him like they have in the past nothing it's it's it, when you're winning or when you're playing better, better, and you can't argue with where they're at. Now, do I look at them and go, boy, that's a top-10 defense? No. No, I don't. Because they don't have uh, – Rashawn Gary is. He's probably the most deserving of what you would consider to be a premier player. But they don't have that overwhelming, that that like like bookends. You know, they don't have, you know, T.J. Watt on one side and, uh, and another blaster on the other. They don't have a Max Crosby. They don't have a Micah Parsons. They don't have a Bosa. They, they don't have that. But they've got a very good stable player and, and a well above average stable player. Maybe that next tier in Rashawn Gary. And now Preston Smith is starting to come on. But the defensive line has played okay. Tackling has gotten better. Some of the young guys have progressed more than we thought they would once you know all the injuries started to happen and Rasul Douglas was traded away. And you're kind of like, wait a minute. What, what, what do I have to complain about? So... Uh, Mark said, right now with Barry, I don't know, because like you, I'm confused. Michael C. says, after the Chiefs game, the rest of the schedule isn't bad, so they have a chance of getting to the postseason. Mark says, uh, after the Chiefs game, they have a cake schedule. The defense should play better. That may keep keep Joe Barry his job. Uh, Mark says, let's wait until after Sunday night to talk about Joe Barry keeping his job. Uh, Merlin says, really hard to assess when the uh, competition is so weak. Four teams with winning records this year. How can you possibly evaluate from that? Because you have to. You have to. You can't just say, well, I can't do it. You have to. Did they beat bad teams? Did they hold bad teams down? Because if anything, Merlin, you would say it was the offense that was a failure for the majority of the season, not the defense, right? Defense only got really got dump truck dump trucked once. That was by the Lions. That I can remember off the top of my head. That was just a bad, bad game where a team just kind of did what they wanted to with them. But, you know, I I don't know how you evaluate that right now. I agree with you. It's tough. It's tough. But everything that that Gudikins talked about in the offseason, getting pressure on a quarterback. Now, granted, this team had not created a ton of turnovers until going into the last couple of weeks, but that seems to be coming around. The young guys are playing better. What do you do? How do you evaluate that, you know? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. 
Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11-30-2023. Good to have you back this Wednesday. Coming up tonight, the Bill Michaels Huddle. Six to eight, we'll be here running around the rest of the NFL, getting the update as to what the Packers have going on today. You'll hear from uh, Matt LaFleur, hear from Jordan Love, and uh, we'll pick, uh, make our pick six teams this week uh, on, the, uh, on the bye week, six of them this week with bye games. Uh, the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Giants. Uh, well, the Bears, the Giants, mercifully getting some time off. Uh, the Raiders, not far behind them. You got the Vikings after a couple of losses in a row with Josh Dobbs leading them to wins, uh, now taking some time off. And the Bills get a much-needed week off as well. Both of those teams, uh, the Ravens or the uh, Vikings and the Bills, sitting at 6-6. Six and six. The Ravens, they're on top of the AFC, and they're, they're on top of the, a, uh, the, uh, top of the AFC North and top of the AFC, as a matter of fact. So with Kansas City not far behind, so what happens – Coming up on uh, Sunday night at Lambeau Field will be, um, you know, uh, it, it'll matter. Put it that way. It'll matter. Uh, I want to remind you, our friends at Skipper Buds, now's the time. If you're going to buy a boat, now's the time to buy. Maybe you want a gift card or something like that for somebody that's a boater in your life. You want to give them a gift card or you want to pick up something nautical. They have all kinds of different accessories and such out at Skipper Buds. But if you're looking for a boat, now's the time to buy when inventory typically isn't moving. They've got new ones coming in. The 2024s are already starting to arrive. They've got a lot of used boats on the lot. Now's the time you start looking to make a really, really, really good deal. I know the interest rates are a little bit higher, but as they come down, you can always refi too. But think about that. Skipper Buds in Pewaukee specifically, Todd is the guy to call. Todd is the GM over there. Call him, 262-544-1200. Fishing boats, cruisers, pontoons, jet boats, ski boats, whatever it happens to be, they got them, and they've got a lot of them in stock. 262-544-1200. That's our friends at Skipper Buds in Pewaukee. Good stuff. Um, so the whole question regarding Joe Barry and the defense and such, it, really interesting uh, because the reaction has been rather different. Um, <laughs> Thomas says this team is like looking at the Rorschach test. Agreed, because you don't know how to interpret it right now. It, that, that is a great statement because that's the one where you open up the ink blots and you're like, well, it's a bat or a butterfly. You know, you're trying to see what stuff looks like. Oh, does it look like a, a you know tennis racket or does it look like a fishing net? You know, I mean, it, you, however you interpret it. But there's no definitive answer right now, and that's a great statement. Same thing with the defense. I, I just think it right, at, right now at this point, you don't know. Uh, Chuck says so many people are saying the remaining schedule is weak and that should help Green Bay. It is, but remember, Detroit has uh, a heavy favorite, was a heavy favorite, and lost 
Many teams lose as heavy favorites. I know that's comparing wins and losses of the two teams playing as a common way to determine outcomes, but it is possibly one of the reliable methods. But uh, Green Bay probably going to lose a game or two that they are supposed to win. Then again, you can also say in this run they just won a game they wasn't they weren't supposed to. Like I said, I think they have a two game cushion out of the next six. You go four and two over the next six. I think you're in. I think you're in. Now. Will it be pretty, or will it where where everything begins to click, or will it be what we've seen, where you know they're winning a game, say nineteen seventeen, and the offense is bad in the first half, or just can't seem to can't put four full quarters together, or the defense does enough, but the offense is just turning the ball over, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, drop passes. I mean, do we all go back to all that? That that is a great way to put it. It's like a Rorschach test. Right now, you just don't know. And I thought three, four, five games into the season, I would kind of know. And I was leaning in one direction. We all know that. Then Mark Murphy had said, hey, maybe eight games into the season, we'll kind of know. And eight games into the season, we were all leaning in one direction. And then came Pittsburgh. And then the Chargers. And then came the Detroit Lions. So... And now it all seems to be flowing a little bit. But if you revert against Kansas City and then against the lesser teams, go back to what you were, well, then, yeah, you you get it. You understand it. But if it doesn't and they play well against Kansas City and say they win out, then what? Then what? Then you gotta, Then you got to say, you know what, I'm kind of believing it. Starting to become a believer as this team started to grow together. That yeah, maybe it, uh, it 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 really is trending in the right direction. Mark says I would like to see them play on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Let's get it here. Come on, you know you're riding the wave right now. The win over the Detroit Lions, and you're kind of riding that, saying, "Man, I just I can't get to this fast enough." You know, absolutely. So. Uh, coming up in the next hour, but do we got uh, our buddy Chuck Freeman coming up in the next hour? We got Chuck Freeman one fifteen because it's been a while since Freeze. we've caught up with Freems, and yeah. the Brewers are reportedly, per Kurt Hogue and Rosiak and all, all those guys at the Journal Sentinel, reportedly closing in on something rather historic with Jackson Cheerio. So we got to talk about yeah. that. Yeah, and that was one of the things I wanted to get to coming up in the next hour. We'll talk some Brewers baseball, but Jackson Cheerios is a guy that they're starting to. Uh, kind of rally the wagons monetarily around. And there's a lot of discussion about Adamus not going anywhere. Corbin Burns not going anywhere. Could we see the young guys come up and start to fortify this team? And then there's enough money because you've got a lot of controllable contracts to maybe, just maybe, hang on to a guy like Corbin Burns? I don't think so because I still think that he is going to demand quite a bit of cash in the open market. And I don't think the Brewers have that kind of cash, and I don't think they want to spend that kind of cash. Uh, it's one thing if you're going to say, I'll give you, you know, $30 million a year, $35, $40 million a year for the next four years, right? But which gives you another bite at the apple. Would you overpay to keep Corbin Burns for, say, four years as opposed to getting into the mix of $250 million or $200 million or something like that for seven years. Granted, he's getting more guaranteed money. He's got $50 million more guaranteed. But you get more in the short end. The benefit would be then you can then turn that around if you pitch well enough over the next four years or say have one bad year but three really good years. You could parlay that into yet another contract. And in the long run, actually make more money. 
So that would be something that I would consider if I'm uh, Matt Arnold and the Milwaukee Brewers, you know. But uh, with with what went down via arbitration, I don't. You're not going to get any kind of a home town discount. I'll tell you that right damn now. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Chuck Freeman coming up here in about a half an hour. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. It's coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Waterfront Sports Bar and Grub. I've been talking about this for a little while. But uh, Curly's has a big uh, event going on. And that is that they have a, a raffle happening. Now, they've, you know, they've got all kinds of different stuff happening out there. They've got Hump Day, Bingo going on tonight. Packers and a pair of Bucks tickets to give away tonight. they got a rib dinner tonight. So all kinds of good stuff. But also, also, they've got an event going on to help the Pewaukee Food Pantry. They have got a high-end tequila raffle taking place. They've got a, a raffle going on. So if you're looking for the Don Julio 70 or Casamul, if you've got the Don Julio, the high-end, the $320 a bottle of uh, tequila, uh, some of the other, the her, her, uh, Herradura, uh, you've got the Patrons, Codigos, uh, Casamigos, Tequila, all of them. Uh, they got a big tequila raffle going on right now, and it raises money for the Pewaukee Food Pantry for this time of year. So, uh, out there at at uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, it is Hump Day. You can stop in. You can get the prime rib or the rib dinner tonight. Fish fries coming up on the weekends, and they're giving away Packers and Bucks tickets all tonight. All tonight. So a lot of stuff going on at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. So if you're looking for a night out, looking for something to do, maybe you're going to listen to the huddle tonight, 6 to 8, and then you're going to go to Curly's and enjoy yourself. That would be the way I would spend my night. Good stuff right there. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Um, this is, let's see here. This is Jake who says, uh, I don't think Joe Barry's going to lose his job this year. I think he's done enough unless this team starts giving up massive amounts of yardage and points as the season winds down. I don't see Joe Barry losing his job. Then again, a pressure-breaking game drive that would cost the Packers their season, that could get Joe Barry fired. Um, Dustin says, I think that Joe Barry has done an okay job. I still think there could be better out there. I don't know who I would go get. Zimmer comes to mind. Would he come over and coach after being the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? First of all, I'm not a, I'm not a Zimmer fan. Defensively, as a, as a mind, he was pretty good. But when the talent started to dwindle, I mean, granted, it goes hand in hand. You're only as good as the talent that you're given. But he was also a guy that the guys didn't like. He's just – he's kind of a jerk, to be honest with you. He was kind of a jerk. I think the old school football guys on that roster appreciated him, like Chad Greenway. Yeah, I love that guy. But those guys are are becoming fewer and farther between. That's why mm-hmm. you know Belichick still has his guys, Matthew Slater, Matt Judon. But in twenty twenty three, guys don't want to be coached like that anymore. Yeah, I I don't. 
Uh, he, I remember he lost his locker room when a player on the practice squad got a DUI, and he not only kicked him off the team, but kind of ripped him in the public, only to then turn around and find out that one of his assistant coaches had gotten a DUI just before the draft, and no word of it was ever mentioned, and the guy didn't lose his job. And the players in the locker room said, man, you kicked this poor kid off the team and ripped him in public, and one of your own guys, your buddy, got a DUI, same thing, and you didn't say a word. So um, that was kind of the, the rumor coming out of Minneapolis that he had he had lost some guys there. So I, I, I'm not, I've never been a big Zimmer fan. Never been a big Zimmer fan. Uh, Tim says, how about the Jets' head coach is the new D coordinator? Salah's not losing his job. Salah's going to remain there. He's going to stick around for a while. As long as there's hope with Aaron Rodgers coming and the Cavalry coming uh, over the next year or two, uh, then Robert Salah's going to have a job. Mitchell says the jury is still undecided with the Barry defense. Playoff NFC teams like Eagles 49ers are playing chess while the Packers are continuously playing checkers year after year. That's the – that's a very – that's a good prevailing thought. I would agree with that. It seems like philosophically speaking, it has always been keep everything in front of you Die death by a thousand cuts. Stay on the field far too long. Uh, allow a team to march down and guarantee themselves points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. But you know, while your yardage you're going to be giving up, keep it to 20 points or less, and you should be able to win a lot of ball games. That's the philosophy. The problem is that when a team gets into a rhythm against your defense and they start to feel it, there have been times where you have not been able to stem the tide. Historically speaking. You know, this year it's been better, but historically speaking, the Joe Barry defense has not been able to stem the tide. So that was the reason going into last season, last offseason, I said, look, you can't, you can't keep this guy around. And they did, for continuity's sake. Tim says maybe Taylor Swift is going to be available. Uh, we almost went through an entire show without a Taylor Swift mention with the Chiefs coming up this weekend. I agree. Uh, Mark says, I've had enough about the Jets, which is true. Mitchell says, oh, no, I already read that. Uh, the jury is still out, so I agree with that. Uh, a couple of emails to get to that I have not, I have not gotten to any emails today. I do want to make sure that uh, your, your voice is heard there. Mike says, uh, uh, the quite regarding Joe Barry in the hot seat, he said, I think the question we need to ask is, can the Packers win a championship with Joe Barry as leading the defense? I don't believe so. His defense gave up 200-plus yards rushing to a team that fired their offensive coordinator two weeks later uh, in Pittsburgh. While they won on Thanksgiving, they still gave up almost 500 yards. That won't cut it in the playoffs, but it comes down to LaFleur. He doesn't have the stones to fire his friend. That's just another issue with this organization. That's from Mike. I, You know, the 500 yards, it's because you, there, there's, there's a way to skew the yardage. Okay, the eyeball test is this. The defense did enough. They created turnovers. They gave, they got pressure when they needed to. They dialed it up, and they won the game. They gave up the yards because the Packers then scored and gave the ball right back. The Lions, hey, the Lions did move the football. There's no denying that. So would you rather have a team that gives up a lot of yards but not a lot of points and dies the death by a 1,000 cuts, giving up field goals over touchdowns, 
or do you just are we just looking for a defense that just creates so many three and outs that the Packers are constantly in a good situation? I mean, because those are few and far between. When you talk about defensive statistics, um, you know, you look at it, now. What are you looking at? You're looking at what San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City's defense is top three. Kansas City's defense has only given up what is it? I think when I looked at it last. Okay, let's see here. Uh, 16 and a half points a game. That's why this game coming up is going to be so interesting because, and, and even you take a team like, say, uh, where are the Detroit Lions here in this rank? The Lions, the Lions are in the, the Lions are giving up 23 and a half points per game. They're 24th ranked in the National Football League, the Lions are. So what we saw – now, the Lions defensively in the trenches are good. But overall points per game, they're not, uh, they're not great. The Lions, though, are top 10 when it comes to total yards per game. They're only giving up 318 yards per game. Believe it or not, the Bears are right there as well in top 10. So is New England, Miami, Carolina. Carolina, their offense is terrible, but their defense is actually pretty good. While the Packers, the Packers are 17th yards per game, 340.3 yards per game. So th- this game is going to be coming up on Sunday night. Th- this here, here comes your litmus test. Because not only can Kansas City score, albeit the second half of their season has not been great when it comes to the second half of ball games, they're averaging, averaging the least amount of points per game in the second half per game. I think it's like 5.3, 5.6, something like that is what the stat was that I saw. But their defense is really good. Chris Jones and company up front get after it. we got another hour yet to go, believe it or not. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this.